Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, October 21st, 2015. We're here. I can't believe we're three quarters of the way through the year. We're heading towards the cooler months here in the Northeast and everything's good. We've had spectacular weather here in New York City uh, today and yesterday and the rest of this week looks great also. So very lucky there. We've got a great show tonight. Our guest, uh, returning guest, is Marnie Kinrays, and she's the Wing Girl. She's uh, her website is called the Wing Girl Method, and she is a best-selling author and host of Ask Woman podcast, and the founder of the Wing Girl Method. And uh, she helps guys out really in terms of how to deal with the ladies. So, looking forward for her to come on the show in a few minutes. Let's catch up on what's going on. As you know, the whole guys, guys movement is about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And it all started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guide to Love, which is available uh, in some stores, but also online. It's easier to get it online, uh, the physical book or the ebook on Amazon or all the other e-tailers. You can get a good buy there. Um, you can also catch my weekly blog on Robert Manny. M-A-N-N-I.com. I'm on Facebook, Robert Manny Author, Twitter, at Robert Manny, YouTube, Robert Manny Author. We've got a whole series of Guys, Guys videos on there now, and every podcast of Guys, Guys Radio is now uh, on iTunes, so you can listen on Block Talk Radio, or you can listen on iTunes, and if you want to call in this evening, or any evening during the show, our number is 347-945-5834. Three four seven nine four five five eight three four. So what's going on out there? Well, as I mentioned, we had spectacular weather. It got cold last week, and all of a sudden the weather changed. It got warm again, which happens. I remember way back in, I think it was 1990. I don't know why. I always remember this date, but it was October 26th, and I went out to Shea Stadium to see the Rolling Stones play, and I wore a T-shirt. And I was like, wow, you know, sometimes it does stay warm through October. And it does. And we've got another one of those Indian summers that just cropped up this week. And it's a gorgeous time of year in New York. And, you know, the leaves are just starting to turn now and they'll rapidly turn in the next month and everything will fall off. And then we'll be in winter. And they say it's an El Nino this year. So we'll see what happens because we've been blasted, absolutely blasted the last couple of years in New York uh, with our winter. So hopefully this one's not going to be too bad. Um in the whole guys, guys world these days, what's been going on? Well, it's all sports. So we've got the, they've got the uh, major league baseball playoffs going on and we're down to what's called the divisional series. We've got the New York Mets that are up three to zero on the Chicago Cubs. And then you've got the Kansas city Royals are up three to one on the Toronto blue Jays. And I think, I think the Royals and the blue Jays, Maybe they played this afternoon. The game might be over. I don't know. I didn't catch it. Anyhow, uh, and then the Mets, I don't know if they're playing tonight or not, but both are pretty good series. They're they're probably the best four teams uh, out of the whole tournament that, you know, got to where they need to get to. So that's good. Um, Then, you know, looking back, the Mets, I'm a Yankees fan, and uh, I live up in Harlem, and uh, Yankee Stadium is not too far away. So it, I mean, you see Yankee hats all over this area, and because the stadium is just a couple of subway stops away up in the South Bronx. And I've always been a Yankee fan. When I was a kid, my folks took me to Yankee Stadium for Old Timers Day, 
and who was in the Yankees heyday way back when. And um, they've always been a fun team to watch and they've got the classic uniforms. They've had so many great classic players from Mantle right through Jeter in my, you know, in my lifetime. Um, and uh, they got into the playoffs this year, but they lost in one game. But I remember when I was in uh, my, uh, in a client side position in marketing, uh, you know, when you're in the marketing and advertising business, you get a lot of tickets to stuff because, because people, and companies, they want you to advertise with their products. So uh, through one of the advertising, I don't know if it was one of the uh, agencies or whoever, but they got tickets. And I went to all four World Series games, Mets against the Red Sox. Now, as a Yankees fan, Mets-Red Sox is not something that you really look forward to because they're the two most hated rivals that you have. So I didn't even know who to root for. But I was there for that classic game when the ball went through Bill Buckner's legs and everybody went crazy. And then I went back the next night and then Mets won. And, uh, you know, if you're a Met fan, you probably consider lying about saying that you were there because those were such, it was such an iconic world series. They haven't been back since, uh, 2000, they played the Yankees and the Yankees, uh, beat them. It was actually, it was four games to one, but it was actually the series was a lot closer than that. Every game was pretty tight. It was uh, and and then and the Yankees had everything to lose, I re, as I recall. But the Mets haven't been back for a while, so and out of the blue, they just exploded this year because they've got this these young pitchers who all throw over 95 miles an hour, and you know pitching beats great hitting all the time in baseball. And when you get into a short series and you get into the playoffs, you get into the World Series, that's what it's all about. So. And it looks like the Mets are going to get there. I feel bad for the Chicago Cubs. They haven't won a World Series in 100 years. Uh, I know the Red Sox had the curse, but the but they broke it. And they've broken it three times in uh, the last 11 years. But the Cubs, they're still fallow. And uh, it's been 100 years. So too bad. I don't think they're going to win four in a row and beat out the Mets. So it'll probably be, I'm guessing... Mets Royals, but who knows? We'll see if the Blue Jays uh, erupted today because they do have a big hitting lineup. Uh, Halloween's coming up. My little son is two and a half, and we, he is uh, he's a mixed kid. So my wife has Korean background, and I'm uh, American and uh, Italian American and Italian German French, and so he's an interesting looking kid uh, for sure. Very beautiful boy, and. Uh, He's going to go last year. He went as a pumpkin and this year he's going to go in an, in an outfit called the Hanbal, which is a uh, ceremonial Korean robes. He wore it on his first birthday. It was a little big for him. So we're going to bring him out with that this year. It's pretty cool looking. So we see a lot of crazy stuff in Halloween in New York City. So looking forward to that. We've got a great parade and uh, people really get it on here in terms of the costumes and stuff. Elsewhere, in politics, you've got the whole thing going on with Donald Trump and the Republicans. And it looks like that with each poll that they have, that he seems to do even better. So it seems like it's he's way out in front. And then Ben Carson, the retired brain surgeon is right behind him. And then you've got uh, Mark Rubio and uh, some of the traditional politicians, Jeb Bush and uh, 
Carly Fiorina, but she's she's not really a politician. She's never held office. She's a marketer, basically. And it's ironic because the the voting population has really rejected uh, the status quo, and with good reason because they don't believe that things are getting done. But they're following uh, kind of this hysteria with Donald Trump and Ben Carson, and uh, uh, people thought that they'd peter out. But after two debates, their numbers keep going up. They've got another debate coming up on October 28th, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, of course, another part of the political game is the groundwork that goes with um, getting uh, the delegates and all that, because it's really not about the polls. Politics is about uh, getting, you know, when you're in the primaries, you've got to get out there and you've got to, uh, you've got to get your constituency to, to vote. And uh, it's really the hardcore the car, the hardcore uh, voters that who are going to participate in that. So you want to make sure that you really get them, uh, you really get them going because uh, without them, it's it's over pretty quickly. And then you have states like New Hampshire and uh, Iowa, uh, and you've got to you've got to win there to get into the bigger states. So I'm just sending a note to our guest to make sure she gives us a call now. Okay. But uh, that's what's going on on the Republican side. And on the Democratic side, uh, we heard from Joe Biden today, and uh, he basically is telling us that um, he is not running. And I'm kind of surprised because I thought that he was kind of the backup with Hillary Clinton having to deal with uh, the whole Benghazi thing and the hearings coming up. I thought that Biden was kind of the insurance policy for the Democrats, where if she exposes, uh, you know, uh, a soft side where they kind of catch her and some gotcha questions with this whole email and Benghazi hearings um, that they'd, they'd be able to say, okay, we've got Biden, but now Biden's out. So it's doubling down. They're doubling down on Hillary. And she skates through the next three days of these questions. And I've got to think she's pretty well prepared Then she's probably good to go for the, you know, the nomination. Although I think, you know, Bernie Sanders has done a fantastic job, very clear, uh, with his comments about how he feels about the issues because, you know, you can tell whether you agree with him or not. And it's, if you read his platform, it's hard not to agree with some of the things he stands for. Equal pay for women, um, gay rights, um, college education, um, making sure the 1% get taxed a little bit more. Uh, he, you know, he's, a, he's a good man. But the thing is with him, why he comes across so well is he doesn't have to think about his answers because he's been saying the same things for 30 years in the Senate. And so he doesn't have to kind of look for sound bites or try to, you know, wiggle around some of the questions that Hillary has to wiggle around with because he doesn't have uh, the issues, the baggage that, that, that she has. But anyhow, so that's that. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in uh, the whole guys, guys world of dating. Now I haven't been dating for a couple of years cause I've been married and I've got a little boy but man, I dated a lot before then, and it really inspired me to write my novel, uh, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, and also really get started with uh, 
uh, blogging and the podcast, uh, basically starting with relationships. Now, of course, we have expanded and transcended that and got into a lot of other subjects. We get into some wellness. We get into some spirituality. We talk to different authors. But the real foundation of the Guys Guys brand is when, when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. And I've gotten to talk to some great dating experts. And uh, one of my favorites is our guest tonight, Marnie Kinries. And uh, she is the leader of the wing girl method. And really, that is a uh, tough love advice that's helped thousands of men around the world in the delicate art of attracting, dating, and seducing women. So she's going to give us some advice on attraction, body language, how to communicate with women, the whole sex and dating etiquette up into 2015. 2016 terms, and um, I know she can help. So if you're a lady, I think you can relate to Marnie quite a bit. And if you're a guy, I think you can really learn a lot from her because she has straight talk. She's very nice. She's funny. Her her website is terrific. It's got a lot of great videos on there. And um, she's a returning guest, and I'm really pleased to have her on the show. So I'm going to bring her on right now, our guest, the wing girl, Marnie Kinris. Good evening, Marnie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much for being with us. Here we are in New York City. It's, you know, it's it's dark. It's getting cooler out now. And you're out there in L.A. and it's still probably sunny and 80 degrees out, right? Oh, I don't want to make you feel bad. It's just, it's it's horribly <laughs> humid and disgusting here. You would never <laughs> want to be over in Los Angeles. But I actually just came from the East Coast, so um, I got to experience a little bit of coldness, so I was very happy to get uh-huh. back to my warm, sunny L.A. <laughs> now, are you, are you from L.A. originally, or where are you from? Because so many people have migrated no, to I'm- L.A., but they're not from there. Oh, yeah. I'm not uh, an L.A. original. I'm from Toronto originally, and I moved here oh. 11 years ago. Yeah. Okay. I love Toronto. What a great city. Nice people. Very clean. It is. Uh, it's And they have the whole, you know, all those uh, walkways where you can kind of get around the city indoors. It's so smart. Uh, I know. They've really done a terrific it's job. It's underground. I know. Yep. It's amazing. Actually, I love And very I love stylish. Yeah, yeah, very, and very, very stylish. I agree. Very cool. Um, well, let's let's talk about dating. Um, what's going on? Uh, last time we talked about six months ago. I always like to check in with our experts and say, is there anything new, <laughs> or is it the same issues? Anything human nature new in the over dating world? There, there are a lot of new things that I've been reading about recently. Um, obviously, okay. there's a million new social applications and dating applications that are out there. But I've also been reading a lot about all of these different terminologies and ways of people to classify themselves. So, for example, transgender is huge. There's something called solo gender. There's like all these different words and independent ways for people to define who they are. And I think that that in itself is a huge trend, that people are, are striving for individuality and to finally kind of either attach themselves to a group of others that are like them or to just say that they are different than other people and they don't fit into certain categories. So so that's what I've been noticing happening a lot lately. But the thing that will probably be the most interesting to you are all of these, you know, new dating applications that are out there. Which yeah, I, I was going to, that are, was exactly where I'm going. Fantastic. 
Yeah. So, I mean, people are fairly familiar with, uh, you know, I'm I'm familiar at least with all the way up through Tinder. So take us through what Tinder is and what you think of it and the good and the bad and the ugly about it, because a lot of people are using that for kind of casual hookups and stuff. And I guess more, but and then go into some of the new new apps. Well, actually, I, Tinder is a little bit outdated now, so I um, okay. I like to keep fresh with my research, right? So I'm I'm married, but um, in order for me to communicate to my audiences, my audience of men and women who are single, I like to go out into the single world. So when I was at home in Toronto, I was visiting my family. I was also there for a couple of dating conferences. But with my family, I was hanging out with my sister, who's 26. She's single. And on Thursday night last week, I said, give me your phone. I want to go on Tinder and I want to go on Hinge, which is another application that she's been using recently, which is a, which is a similar thing to Tinder, but it pulls from um, your Facebook profile and connects you only to people that you have at least, I think, one friend in common with. So it, it makes it like a more select and qualified group. That What's that one called, Martin? Hint? It's called Hinge. Hinge. H I N G E. Okay. Yeah, and it's great. So it was interesting because I I was using it for her. So I was you know I was using Tinder and Hinge, and I was like swiping left and swiping right and seeing how she was responding to people, and it was it was really interesting for me because it's interesting for me to see how she's using the application, how invested she is or how uninvested she is, who she's responding to, who she's not responding to, what they're writing to her, what she's writing back to them. It was all really fascinating. Um, so, so Tinder is a great application. It, it's really great at introducing people to each other, showing you who is in and around your world. A lot of people use it as fantastic, but now all of these other applications are taking what Tinder created and making mm-hmm. I better versions of it so that they're not that they're more specific, but they're more qualified for you. So like, for example, there's one called Bumble as well, which is for your female listeners or if I think you have female listeners, right? So it, it puts everything, it puts the woman in the driver's seat so that they are the ones who are able to make the first contact, not men. So on a lot of dating sites online and social applications, Women get bombarded by lots of men, especially during the first few weeks that they they place a profile up online. Sure, exactly. Bumble, yeah, Bumble actually lets the women take control. So they have to be the assertive ones, and they have to make the first interaction. So they can only start the conversation. A man can't start the conversation. But it's it's based on the same technology as Tinder where you swipe left, you swipe right, and you see who you actually match with. But it, it again, does not allow men to contact you or write to you. You, as a woman, have to write to them first. Now, as a millennial woman, not uh, I'm not sure about your – I guess you're a millennial, right? Yeah. Oh, no, actually, okay. it's 84. I'm 80, so I, I'm just, like, past a millennial. Okay. Well, for uh, you're on the bubble there. Uh, so, yeah. Is, is what's the sense of women in terms of making that first move online? Like I, you know, my wife winked at me, and we've been together ever since. But uh, you know, that's not <laughs> that big a move or anything. But nowadays, it, uh, you know, are there still a lot of women who say, you know, what I want the guy to do the work. I want the guy to make the the, the first move. I think it's uh, like I think you just implied that it's empowering for the for the women to be able to kind of 
control that. Uh, but what what's I what's think it is, but I think those gender yeah, I think the gender roles still still kind of fall in place. Like, you know, for centuries women have always been making the first move, be it that they're quite subtle first moves, but mm-hmm. most often the woman does give the signal that it's okay to approach me, right? And then a man usually or typically approaches. That's not what I teach the guys that I work with to do because I tell them don't worry about any sign she gives. Listen to the sign that's in your head that says, okay, I want to approach this girl. I'm going to approach this girl. I am approaching this girl. But in terms of women being more assertive and empowered, I think that women are definitely taking on a stronger, more assertive role and are becoming more comfortable with making, I don't want to say aggressive, but I guess more more assertive first moves that aren't as subtle as, a wink or a look over their shoulder. They are open to starting conversations and they are open to putting themselves out there a little bit more. But I think in general, most women still want those standard masculine and feminine roles to be paid attention to. Now, I think we might have touched on it last time we spoke, but it's still, I think, a very viable topic. And that is with women being more comfortable and being empowered and making the first move and all that, I, I also have talked to a lot of women uh, and I'm doing research for a book now and doing some interviews with, uh, with different women. And I'm finding that they, uh, there's a flip side to that. And that, as you say, they, they want the guy to be aggressive and make the first move and all of that and, and be part of it. But Sometimes I think that the guys get uh, a little bit shell-shocked where the women are so sharp and they start making the first move and then the guy comes up with the idea and the woman has a better idea and all of a sudden the guy's in a reactive mode and that's kind of a turnoff for women and it's kind of threatening for guys. Do you deal with that a lot in terms of your clients, both male and female? And what do you tell them if if that's the case? I wouldn't say that I deal with that a lot with my clients, but I have been having questions like that recently come up, especially on um, my podcast, the Ask Women podcast, where guys like, you know, say exactly what you just said, that I put an idea out there and then she puts an idea out there and then I sort of quiet on my idea and just sort of let her run with it, but it doesn't masculate them. What do they do? So I I, I think that that is happening a lot. I, I think the advice that I gave to the guy who wrote in the question on our podcast today and then the advice that I would give to the standard question is to be okay with a woman stating her opinion. It doesn't mean you have to get into it. It doesn't mean you have to like her idea. You can have differing opinions. It doesn't mean that she's totally um, just walking all over you or ignoring your opinion, but she is showing that she has an opinion as well. And it may be like, yeah, I'm not really into going to see that movie, but how about we do this? And you can say oh, you can say a, a number of things. You can say, yeah, you know what? That actually sounds like a great idea. We'll see that movie next time. Or you can say, oh, I'm not into that movie either. Let's find a third solution that is a great option for both of us. Or you can say, you know what? Let's do one for one. We'll go to your movie this time. We'll go to my movie next time so that we, we both win or we, we both get something that we like. But always handling it in a positive way that moves the relationship forward and shows that you're not like a negative Nelly and bitter towards right. her strength will will make you appear as a stronger man in, in her mm-hmm. eyes. No, that's, that's excellent advice. Um, let's deal with one of the uh, probably the most important aspect of connecting 
for guys, and that is the the approach and the the opening lines. Now, I'm reading a lot of great yeah. videos, great blogs, and great videos on your website, MarnieKinrich.com, or is it the Wing Girl Method? Which which is the website oh, wing, address? WingGirlMethod.com. Okay, thanks. Uh, and and you get into the whole thing about opening lines, and uh, your contention is that you know it's not really about an opening line; it's about uh, asking an open-ended question, really, I'm paraphrasing, but and keeping the conversation going. Could you get into that a little bit? Because I think the one once once guys get over the hump with making some type of connection where there's a conversation, then they just become themselves. But that whole approach thing and the opening, whatever oh, yeah. you say first, and like you say, hello is a bad idea, and I, I totally because you have to have a follow-up to hello. It can be hello, my name yeah, is Lou, but then you have to have a, a question. Horrible idea. Yeah, it's not a horrible idea, but yeah, you have to have something afterwards, right? It's just it's difficult. You can't say hey like, hi, and hi, then bye. look at a woman Next. and say, Next. yeah, now it's your job to take over the conversation. You, you do have exactly. to bring something to the table. I wish it wasn't like that, but you do. So I have something that's called OSA, which is mm-hmm. the wing girl method's method for conversation, which is observation, share, and ask a question, right? So OSA is based on the fact that I – I hate it, not hate it, but I don't like it when men approach me with question after question after question or they approach me with an introduction that feels as if they're going to sell something to me, right? So Mm -hmm. instead, what I tell men to do is treat the conversation starter as if you're already in the conversation. You know this person already and you're not asking for permission to talk to her. You already Mm -hmm. have the permission to talk to her. If she doesn't like it, she can walk away. She can dismiss you. She can do whatever she wants. So using an observation to start out with. For example, if you're at like uh, Starbucks, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm in line for Starbucks and I haven't had my coffee yet and I'm exhausted and I smell that coffee, like my mind starts going crazy. I, I can't concentrate on anything. So I would make that observation out loud. I would say, oh my God, that smell. I can't wait to get a cup of coffee in my mouth. Like just an observation about how I'm feeling or the world around me, whatever it is. And then after I make an observation or a statement, I would share something. So I would expand on that statement, you know, so tell a story mm-hmm. about why I made that. It's really it's really answering um, or expanding on the why behind why you made that statement. And then after you go observe, share, you ask an open-ended question that involves somebody or invite somebody to be a part of your conversation. And again, I know even hearing me saying that out loud, other people are like, I can't do that. That's really difficult to do. So what I tell people to do is I tell them to practice making observations and associations so that as they're walking around wherever they're going to, let's say you take the subway to work or you drive, whatever it is, make observations and then make an association in your mind or out loud. So if you're walking Uh, down the street and you see a dog and you say out loud or in your head there's a dog then you want to find an association in your memory bank of memories that you can associate a dog with right oh a dog I had a dog when I was five years old oh I never had a dog when I was a little child I would love to have one there's a million different associations that you can have with that word dog you just have to start practicing creating those associations and the associations are what is part of sharing and expanding the conversation. And then you can also practice creating an open-ended question after 
you observe, share, and ask. And you can do this all by yourself and then start using that method for conversation to interact with your friends with or your family, people that you're more comfortable with, just to get in the habit of doing it so that when you do see a really cute girl or attractive girl or intimidating girl, it won't be the first time that you're doing OSA. It'll be the 30th time that you're doing it that day, and conversation will flow more naturally for you, and you'll be well-practiced so that it won't feel so intimidating. So it gets into, like, muscle memory. That's, uh, that's great advice. So, you know, I yeah. always uh, – the character in my novel, Roger Fox, he tells the main character, you know, like, I always check out the hair, the bag, and the shoes to tell me a lot about the woman. And I, I have actually found that. Really? And I don't know I don't know where I got that, but it actually it's true because I'll be on the subway and if I want to kind of put a picture together on who this woman is, I find that there is a match between the hair, the bag and the shoes. There's some type of coordination you can kind of get a lot as to, out of what type of what type of person this is, you know, at least from a really? standpoint and you can maybe get into, you know, what's their job, what kind of money do they have? Yeah, because you you know there's some yeah, sometimes you see when you're in New York and I guess in other cities also, you'll see a woman who's like not necessarily super attractive, but she knows how to bring it. And she's got you can tell she's got six hundred dollar yeah. shoes on and a thousand dollar bag. And she's got the latest haircut that probably costs six hundred dollars. And it says something about her self-esteem and how she wants to present herself. Now, she might not have the sure. greatest body in the world or be super duper pretty, but you can tell that she puts it all together and she has some pride and that, you know, little, little, little tip offs like that. So I always like to like check those three things and just to, to see if that gives me some type of vibe as to what this person is all about. And yeah, it, it, it kind of works. What do you think of that in terms of for guys kind of sizing up some of the ladies out there? I think it's great. Any observation that you can make in connections like that can be used as shortcuts for you. I think are fantastic. Plus, women love to hear what on them or what about them tells you something about them, right? So mm-hmm. the other the other half of OSA is LCA, which is learn, confirm, and affirm. That's the second part of conversation. Um, and the affirm or appreciate, the, the third letter of, of, you know, LCA, is the most important to any woman. And what the A means is that you are calling attention to something unique that you didn't see before, but you like this woman more now because you see this in her. And everything you've just described will also give you access to that information. And women love hearing about things that show you have an understanding of who they are, that you see them. You can actually see who they are even though they have everything else about them that's presenting them in a certain way. So I think it's an excellent tool if you can use it correctly. I'd love to hear how you use it. Well, I don't use it anymore, but I I almost, you know, know, I can look at the menu, but I can't order anymore because I'm happily married. But I saw a woman the other day, and she was not super attractive, but she was just so stylish and well put together. And I wanted to tell her when I got off the subway, like, you know, you really know how to bring it. You really have a lot of style. I didn't say anything because I didn't want her get the wrong impression or whatever. And I just didn't want it to be a throwaway because people so, move so quickly on the subway. But, you know, if a guy does say something like that, um, that 
is the woman going to be appreciative or, you know, should you get into if you really want to strike up a conversation, if you talk about their hair or their bag or their shoes or something, is that come across as like, what, if you're a woman? Because most guys won't be, bring up anything. They'll be like, you're hot or like, to be honest, really it depends. Right. Mm-hmm. right. It totally depends on how it's done. If you're like, oh, my God, who made your shoes? They're amazing. They're all, like, it, it depends how you how you structure that conversation. But if you say something like excellent shoes, you show that you have a knowledge for fashion, that you appreciate Mm -hmm. it, that you can appreciate her for also having that appreciation for shoes, that puts you in the driver's seat. That makes you seem like a leader. You're knowledgeable. You're, uh, you know, you have some sort of value. That is a way for you to be more attractive to a woman and pique her interest. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's different ways of communicating that same information. Mm-hmm. And for example, if I, if you know, there's also a negative way that you can do it. So if I was on the subway and I looked at somebody and I saw they had really nice shoes, their hair was done really nicely, uh, they had a nice jacket, whatever assumption I want to make about that person, and I said, oh, you probably have, have a lot of money, don't you? Like, that would be insulting and rude and, right. and horrible. There's no way that a woman would ever be attracted to you. But if you said, you know, you really put yourself together well, so, like something like that, and just mm-hmm. like, just appreciate it. Or like, like you, I can tell that you know how to make good decisions when it comes to fashion. Like things look good on you. So it, it's all from where where the compliment is coming from, and yep. the mm-hmm. things that you're noticing are coming from. Okay. We've actually got a caller. So are you up for taking a phone call? I don't know who it is, but somebody from the 916 area code. I'm going to put you on the air right now. So introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from and a question for Marnie. Good evening. You're on Guys Guys Radio. Hello. Hello. Are you there? (laughs) Hello. I'm going to give you one more shot. You're on Guys Guys Radio. Okay, they're gone. Aw, that's sad. Uh, we'll call back if nine one six. Call back if you want. We're here. Okay, so let's keep going. Um, when you're using, I want to drop back for the apps for a second because um, I yeah. think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of married people out there who are try, who you know try to use some of the uh, online dating stuff. I know with Match and stuff like that. Even though that's old hat, it still is the you know it's still big, and a lot of a lot of people. A lot of women feel safe on match. It's not quite as disposable right. as tim- Tinder or something like that. But when you're using some of these apps, uh, you can't really uh, protect your anonymity, ca- can you? Uh, in you what know, way? Like blocking from coworkers people? seeing you? Well, no, but like, aren't you connected? You know, a lot of these, like, does Tinder connect you to your Facebook profile? I mean, how to, how to, what, what, what is, what is a woman to do, and what is a guy to do to kind of ferret out, um, if somebody's married or not? Because I think a lot of the action that's going on online is for married people. You know what, I kind of think so too. Although Ashley Madison, you know, everything that happened with them, that exposed the fact that there was like millions of men using the application (laughs) and like 10 women who were using it out of the 34 million that were on Ashley Madison. So so how do women then uh, protect themselves from this? You know what, it's the same thing in real life, right? You, you You can sort of pay attention to little red flags that are popping up for you. If you have a gut feeling that maybe something's a bit shady or maybe something's a bit off, 
um, then I would pay attention to those red flags. Unless you notice that you're somebody who always sees red flags in everybody and that you're just, you know, paranoid or you think that people are out to get you, that, that's a completely different story. But if you're typically a pretty open person but you start to notice certain things, like maybe he's not available on the weekend or uh, he disappears for three weeks at a time or you know, mm-hmm. there, right. are, there are certain things that are red flags that are not typical or respectful behavior that you should be accepting as a woman who is dating another individual. Um, I wouldn't say that there's like a telltale 100% guaranteed way to spot if somebody is married. If it does go through Facebook, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that there's a way to limit what they can and can't see. So they potentially right. either create a new Facebook page or they wouldn't give you access to anything that would say mm-hmm. um, they are married. But a lot of the Facebook stuff or a lot of the apps that are done through Facebook, which is a lot of different applications, um, they uh, – oh, my gosh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, my God, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Forget Forget that comment then. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, it was kind of a odd a curveball I threw there. So, let's let's talk about the whole wind girl thing. Um, what? Yeah. What? Uh, who? Who? What type of guys need a wing girl? Every guy. <laughs> every guy. Does the same as every every girl needs a great male friend? Like mm-hmm. if, if yeah, they are heter- heterosexual females. For me. If my girlfriends, listen, I, I I have so much more knowledge now from 11 years of working with men, from being a wing girl, from being absorbed absorbed in the dating community. So I I have a lot of information to provide my female friends. But even so, if there is a real situation with any of my female friends that they want to completely dissect and decode what a man is saying to them, I point them towards my husband because he can tell them exactly (laughs) what that man is thinking and why he's behaving the way that he's behaving. And he can also tell them exactly what to do to shift that man's mind around. I can do that on a certain level, but I can't do it as well as he can. And I think that having the other side help you out is always going to give you an advantage. I also think it's also very helpful to get advice from the same sex as you, or at yep. least from mm-hmm. the, you know, the, anyway, the people who are going after the same people that you're going after because they have that life experience there. Um, but I think everybody can benefit from a wing girl and everybody can benefit from a, every girl can benefit from a wing man. Okay. Uh, excellent. Um, you mentioned something that uh, I'm familiar with because I've done it many times and it happens all the time. And that's, uh, you have a, you have a blog on it, uh, dating women at work. Tell us a little bit about your perspective for that, because I always call it the good, the bad, and the ugly, that there's some good things about it, and there's some bad things about it, and there's some ugly things about it. But I'd love to hear your take on it. Yeah, well, the truth is is there's the good, the bad, and the ugly for every dating scenario, Mm -hmm. right? So it just depends on who you are and how you handle certain situations. So if, first of all, there's, you know, even if there is a policy at your work, I still think that... If you make a great connection with somebody at work, then you should absolutely 100% go for it. But make sure that you can handle it and that they can – you can't control whether or not they can handle it, but you can control whether or not you can handle it. So know in advance that if it doesn't work out, are you going to be okay with seeing that person every single day? If you're not, don't do it. You Mm -hmm. know, And, like, the thing is is that all of us now, especially in the United States – 
spend the majority of our time at the workplace. And if you happen to have a good pool of individuals to select from for your dating happiness, then I think you absolutely should be dating people at work. But I will say, you know, I wouldn't sleep around with everybody at work. <laughs> no. You can make a lot of enemies. <laughs> but, if, but again, if you can handle it, you can handle it. That's up to them. If they can't, their emotions are on them. As long as you're acting with integrity, you're not being a jerk, then I, I think you have the right to date and sleep with and go after anybody that you want. Got it. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, to me, the, the biggest conundrum is, you know, I, I was with, a, if you work at a big company, sometimes it's easier because there's going to be a lot of dating yeah. going on. You won't be the only one. If you're in a small company, like 20 people or less or something, you know, it's going to really stand out. And it's like, oh, okay, they're a team. And it's going to affect the dynamic in the office and politics and and how things work even in the office too. Cause like, oh, I can't, I can't give her a hard time, even though she reports to me because uh, right. he's a pain in the ass or whatever. So you have to be careful. But uh, I think the toughest thing is when you're in a subordinate superior relationship. Uh, and then also uh, when other people find out, which they ultimately always do about a relationship, how do, how do you want to manage that? And if you can, you can yeah. think those things through it beforehand, as you suggested, and have a plan for how how, do, how are we going to deal with this without having to necessarily discuss it, but be able to handle that, then then you're fine. But uh, the trickiest one, I think, though, is the if you're dating somebody who reports to you or uh, yes. if you're dating somebody who you report to, because when things go bad, then there can be some accusations and uh, whether they're true or not, um, it can get pretty sticky pretty quickly. Yeah, I com- I completely agree with you. And that that just has to do with your own individual choices and exactly as you said, you know, how you communicate with that other person. Maybe mm-hmm. even laying some ground rules because it you're right, it can get absolutely sticky when either somebody reports to you or you report to them and then it can become a complete mess afterwards. But if, again, if two people are mature adults, then hopefully they can handle it with grace or they get a new job. Exactly. (laughs) Now, here's another one that you have on the website that I think is very good and really important for guys, and that is where to take women on a date. Because a lot of times guys are so focused on getting getting a woman to go out with them that they neglect to kind of pay attention and figure out, okay, what what should I do with them? Now, if they're on their on their game, they'll they'll have ferreted out what are the common interests they have with a woman and they'll be able to come up with an idea and a backup idea based on that that they could su- suggest. So, you know, they're way yeah. ahead of the game. But a lot of times, guys, uh, you know, I think the fatal flaw of men, myself included, although I'm improving, is paying attention sure. and paying attention to the little things uh, the way women pay attention to them. And uh, so yeah. a lot of times guys are so focused on getting the date that they don't have an idea. But you... Oh, no. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, it's cutting out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so I think you're talking about the one of my newest blogs, um, yep. which is about Groupon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I, I the way that I found this, because, you know, I always think it's, it's 
it is nice to come up with a new, fun, and creative idea, especially if you're dating all the time. You want you don't want to feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and it gets really boring. You go to the same restaurant, you get or the same. So anyway, you want to switch things up even for yourself just to keep things fresh and interesting and fun. So the other day, I happened to be going on Groupon. I forget what I was even doing, but I went on there, and uh, I went to, what is it called? Which Bubble Soccer. Go Kart what? World. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So I saw that there was like, exactly. So there's all these like interesting activities on there. And I thought it was so fun. Indoor bubble soccer for for $99 is <laughs> usually 300 I know that's a lot to invest for a date, but if you really like somebody right. and you want to have fun and see if they can have fun with you, you can totally go. But it gives you a whole bunch of like really cool ideas at a discounted rate of mm-hmm. things that you can do that can either be fun for you or that can stand out to her. Like some of the other ones that I put on there were, you know, 28% off of, or right. you can have a day of whale watching for $9, right? That's, That's a cheap date yeah. you can go on. You can do 50% mm-hmm. off a flying lesson for $119. You can go see the bodies exhibition um, at a museum. You can do paint night. There's a whole bunch of things on there. It just gives you really great, interesting ideas. And it also gets you out there so that you are more interesting. So let's say it's a failed date and you have a horrible time with this girl. No no matter what, you have a story afterwards. I just went to indoor bubble soccer. Like, that's freaking cool and awesome. Mm -hmm. You went with this dud who didn't have a good time. And and it's, it's, like, interesting to the other people that you are going on dates with or even to your friends that you did something unique and different and cool. Yeah, I would totally agree uh, with one caveat that for me, at least, if it was the first official date, like I'd want to meet the person before I go whale watching with them. I'd want to have a drink with them, whether it's coffee or a beer or a glass of wine, whatever, just to at least, you know, make sure there's a one-to-one meeting to get the chemistry for check sure. there uh, before you know, smashing each other with go-karts because you never, you never know. So uh, as long as you you can get over that, right? So, but it would be nice to leave something. I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay, so, so, so you know the show The Bachelor and The Bachelorette? Yep. Okay, so typically on that show for their first date, they have these amazing experiences, which increase their endorphins and increase their serotonin levels and like it they just it it makes not the connection happen faster but it feels like a more interesting and amazing experience mm-hmm. for them not just because of reality tv but because they are doing something out in the open out in the wild something different something where they're not sitting face to face and forced to be in interview mode there's less pressure put on to the two of you so I I hear what you're saying. If if that's the way that you want to date, because you want to be sure that you're investing your time and money into somebody that you know deserves it, I totally agree with that. But if you are a guy who's just baffled by coming or was coming up with new date ideas, like let's say you're going out three nights a week with women, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired of going for coffee. I'm so tired for going. Right. I'm going right. to mm-hmm. a bar. Let's just do something. These Let's jump great in. Ideas yeah. For, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. For other ideas that can at least be something different for you, something new and exciting, and then can also bring you guys closer together because you have a fun activity to do with one another. Got it. Okay. You also mentioned this. you got a couple. I'm going to move up on the provocative scale here. So the next one I found I thought was really good was how to be mysterious without being a douchebag. And I think that's a great topic. And uh, I love the way you, how you phrase that, because, you know, I think it's important for guys not to, like, give it all up 
on the first meeting where they just tell everything about themselves. And then it's like, then they're starting to think about, hmm, now what do we talk about? And you have to hold that mystery, but you don't want to be an asshole about it. So tell us about that. Right. Some advice for the guys. Well, this was because, and I heard a lot of stories like this, where, you know, people write into me, or I've even had experiences with guys that I've interacted with who really misunderstand what it means to be mysterious. They basically means that it thinks that sorry, they basically think that it means not giving any information out about you. For me, when I meet another individual, I ask questions. That's how I get to know them, and then hopefully, you know, one question will spark something. We can exchange. We can share. We can expand. But if I'm coming up against a brick wall of a guy who will not answer a simple question so that I have the opportunity to connect on a different level, then I instantly mm-hmm. label him as a, as a douchebag. So one of the stories was, I think this is what the article was about, um, but one client had written in to me who signed up for an email coaching program that I have and said, you know, I went out with these girls when I was backpacking and they kept asking me what I did for a living and I wouldn't tell them. And I, you know, I, I smirked at them. I was joking around, but I would not tell them what I did for a living. I was trying to be really mysterious. And he's like, I could see these women getting angrier and angrier with me, even though I thought that I was mm-hmm. playful and mysterious. And eventually they ended up ditching him and running away. And then he saw them later on that night at a bar or a nightclub and the girl said to him, she's like, you are a jerk. Like, wh- why do you want to hang out with us? You didn't want to get to know us. You're you're a mm-hmm. jerk. And he was right. completely baffled by it. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a fine line between being mysterious, which just means holding on to your information, but still being forthcoming at the right. same time. Still saying, yeah, I do this for a living. I I enjoy it. I have fun. I'm not going to go into detail about exactly what I like about it until I decide I want to tell you that information. So, again, a difference between being mysterious and not sharing any information at all. You have to give a woman something, just not everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Skies Guys Radio, Uh, we're talking to Marnie Kindris, the wing girl. Uh, Question for you. Um, You're a guy, you're in a bar, and you see is a woman that you're interested in, and she's with three of her girlfriends. She's sitting across from you. They're having drinks. They're laughing. They're having fun. You're by yourself. You didn't come with your buddies, or maybe they didn't show up yet. You want to approach them. What's the best method to get over there, not have them think you're like lone wolf, and uh, make make kind of a positive uh, impression on all of them and be able to uh, let the one that you're interested in kind of know that she's the one you're interested in while being respectful uh, to her girlfriends? What is What does a guy do? Actually, actually, everything that you just said. You go up to them, you use OSA to have an approach where you approach mm-hmm. all it. of them, and you in some way, you know, compliment on the fact that they're having so much fun, or you even inquire about, like, what's so funny? Like, I keep seeing you guys from over there. I'm trying to have a conversation with this guy. But I keep hearing you laughing. How come you ladies are having so much fun and everybody else in here is a complete dud? Mm-hmm. It depends it. on what your personality is. But you, you, you make an observation. And, again, you engage the whole group. And if you want, mm-hmm. during that opening approach or those first few minutes of conversation, you can make eye contact that lasts a little bit longer with the woman that you are interested in maybe like a slight smirk or something that shows mm-hmm. that you're on a right. team together and that you get her in some way <laughs> or that she's 
standing out to you more than the other ladies. And then when you feel that there's been a connection that has been created between the three of you, you can slyly or even very openly say, do you want to come talk to me for a minute? Or how about you and I go grab a couple of drinks? What do you guys want to drink? And, mm-hmm. Or you say, what do you, what do you ladies want to drink? I'm, I'm buying the next round. And you say, Marissa, why don't you come with me? I need an extra hand carrying four drinks over go. to the table. Something like that awesome. that signals yep. or singles her out. Excellent answer. Love it. Hope you guys are listening out there. Great advice. Um, this is my biggest laugh I had on the website. I'm sure you know what I'm going to bring up now. And that is <laughs> tips for taking... Tips for taking a good dick pic. And uh, I'm kind of come from the uh, pre-dick pic generation of dating. But uh, yeah. just let's let's talk about that a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, I kind of understand why guys want to do that. And it's not, it's not a, in my opinion, it's not a great idea. But you also mentioned that, no. you know, if you're a woman, women might, might ask a guy to send one. And then if they do, here's yeah. kind of how you send it. So I haven't heard that before. Do women really, are they really interested in getting dick pics, pics from oh guys? Oh, God, yes. Yes. Really? I, I don't. Listen, I Is this like for like to share and laugh with their girlfriends or what? Is this like because they want to look? I don't actually know. I don't know. There's a, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of reasons. Either they think that they're supposed to, they're going to look, they want a preview of what they're going to get. It's kind of fun to be that risque. There's so many different reasons. Like some women just do it with guys that they don't even have any plans of ever seeing. Maybe they'll laugh about it with their friends. Maybe they'll get turned on by it. But most people who I would say are in relationships, like do want that kind of exchange. I will say that for myself and a lot of the girls that I've interviewed, they have said, if I see a penis, I'm not getting turned on by it. But I'm (laughs) turned on by the fact that we're having that exchange, you know, like by the idea Uh of the fact that we're showing our naked bodies to each other. So Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they're like, oh, my God, I, I really want to see a penis right now. Can you send it over to me and make it look good? I think that it's a, this is super sexy, and this is something that I want to be a part of. Now, how about, the, what are, what are you know, in your opinion, the women want to send, you know, pussy pics or whatever? I, I haven't really heard too much about that. I mean, is it the, the reciprocal, reciprocal or what? Or is it like, you know, dressed up in lingerie or something? I don't know. Like, as a guy, I don't yeah. want to see, see for a body me, part. I that's, want to see something provocative. Yeah, for me, that's sexier. For me, that's what I want to do. I'm sure there's some women who, you know, they want to escalate it. I wouldn't say that most women start off with that photo, but I would say, <laughs> that, like, for me, it, it, it's exactly like how I want to be treated in, in the bedroom and how I want to be treated on a date. Mm-hmm. I want things to go through, go slowly, build up that sexual tension. So for me, I would show a boob pic or I would show like something right. of my back, like a sexy lingerie, and then build it up to that level, depending mm-hmm. on how the guy I'm sending it to moves forward. So for example, if I send like a cute pic of me in my bra with like my breast showing, and he, you know, sends mm-hmm. back something that is equally as subtle but maybe progresses it a little bit further, then I may one-up him next time. Or I may jump on the phone and want to have a phone sex with him. So that, that's from my opinion. I haven't done a lot of research on this. I have been talking to a lot of guys now who are dating, and they're, like, in their 30s, and they're mm-hmm. getting women who they've never met before saying, like, send me a dick pic. Like, literally requesting <laughs> things before even meeting, which I think is so interesting. And I don't know much more about it. I just know that it's happening. 
And what's the, because uh, I was, I had a follow up. Like, why, why are they? I was, like, my yeah. question would be like, why are they? Why, why are they asking? Is it just for laughs, or like, it's like to, no, you know, you have to show me your dick, and then, then maybe we'll talk. I like, do it's not like, know. To be honest, <laughs> I do not know. Like, wow. I've, I've asked the guys, like, why are they asking for this? And they, like the, the guys I've asked have said it, it's always in like some sort of sexual scenario where they want to get to that sexual place it may be like an empowerment thing i have absolutely no idea so i am them? not one of those girls yeah they send, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they send them of course yeah and usually they get pictures back as well so it is it's just something that's exciting people are playing around with their sexuality right now because even when i said to you before the, in the very beginning of our phone call when we were talking about you know the trends right now but people just wanting to try out new things and not be categorized or lumped into a certain group. They they want to express themselves. They they may not know why they want to or what it means, but they're they're trying new things. And and the the thing with everything online or everything mm-hmm. done behind screens, everybody can kind of take on a different persona every once in a right. while. It's nice. We all get to be Superman, which is nice, and try out different things and experiments and explore. So I, I think that that's what's going on. I don't know if every woman's like, oh, my God, I want to see a penis right now. I can't wait. Like, who am I going to text and get one from? I, I don't think that that's what's happening. I think that it's, there's, like, a bigger story attached to it, which I haven't figured out yet. Maybe it's the new business card. Who knows? But uh, Maybe. <laughs> Let me I went one for round edges on my business card. Maybe this is the new business card. I don't know. Let me ask you one question just to get an insight of, of, of a woman for, for, to help the guys. And that is I was watching with – I was with my wife. We were watching – and she's no prude. And we were watching Amy Schumer's show, uh, Live at the yeah. Apollo. And she spent, I'd say, about 65% of the time talking about her vagina and bodily fluids. And, you know, I, I, I'm like, wow, like, is – maybe I'm, you know, I'm missing it or something, but like do women or is is this whole train wreck mentality of like, Oh, drinking too much promiscuity, you know, body issues and all of this, like just putting it all out there. Is that, is that kind of what's, you know, from a woman's woman's perspective is because obviously people like her and, uh, She's doing great, and she had some funny lines and stuff, but it's like it just seemed different because there's a lot of uh, – I saw another comedian on Showtime. He had an hour special. He didn't talk about sex at all. The guy was hilarious, Yet, and I've heard a lot of guys who do sex, sexual stuff in their, in their shows and stuff, and it's, you know, some of it works, some of it doesn't, but her whole thing was about uh, intimate body parts and bodily fluids and – like shaming and body issues and stuff like that. Is is that where it's at now for a lot of women in terms of like, let's just get it all out there? Just asking your opinion. I think so. No, well, my opinion is that people are really latching onto her. And, you know, her whole thing is that she stands um, uh, for, for, you know, social the justice. Average. And mm-hmm. She wants equality. And I think she is speaking for a lot of women. I wouldn't say that all women are her extreme. I'm certainly not. But I, I resonate with a lot of things that she's saying. She's just kind of saying it because it hasn't really been acceptable Said. in the past mm-hmm. for women to put those out there. And so I think maybe, you know, she's 
putting a lot of the stuff out there that's never really been out there before mm-hmm. or maybe not done in the format that she's doing it. And I think, you know how you always go extreme first and then everything right. kind of gets dialed back and that's more of the reality? Yeah. I, I think that that's kind of what's going on. She's she's, give, mm-hmm. she's giving women a voice to say things that they've never been able to say before. Mm-hmm. Nah, well stated, well stated. So, uh any cl- first of all, thanks so much for being on the show again. You've been fantastic. Any closing oh, advice for the yeah, guys out there? Always. The closing advice is just to have fun and not take everything so seriously. And I know that that's hard to do sometimes, but the, the main thing that I've been noticing a lot lately is just everybody gets so clouded with, should I do this, should I do that, blah, blah, blah. All, these, all these things that are, are trying to protect them as much as possible from either getting hurt or looking like a fool. Mm-hmm. And they're just not needed. Just, like, move forward, I don't, you know, not with confidence because people are going to be like, oh, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. But just, just move <laughs> forward with self-respect and you'll always make the right decision. If you do anything that's directly derived from stable emotions or anxiety, it's not going to come across correctly. So if you can breathe, if you can ask yourself, what is it that I really want right now, and get clear and direct and specific, then that's what you put out to the world as the opposite sex, and that's what's going to get you the reaction that Mm -hmm. you're looking for. Great advice. Great advice. Well, thanks so much, Marnie. Tell everybody again where they can find you, your podcast, your website, your book, everything. Yeah, well, you can get my book on Amazon. Uh, It's called Get Inside Her, which I was very proud of that book, so everybody (laughs) should go get a copy. Uh, My website is winggirlmethod.com. I suggest you sign up for my newsletters to get tips from me sent into your mailbox every single day. Uh, And then also you can listen to the Ask Women podcast, which is available on iTunes. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Marty. Always a pleasure to speak with you and your advice is fantastic. I love the work you're doing. Thanks for being a friend of the show. All right. Thank you. I I appreciate you having me back. You got it. Okay. Hope to see you again. All right, everybody. You too. All right. Ciao. Marty Rinas, the wing girl has been our, Marty Kinras, the wing girl has been our guest. She's fantastic. Uh, Check her out. Um, that's our show for this evening. It's been a good hour. Uh, the tips, I think, for the guys are fantastic, something that you guys should really listen up. And uh, hopefully the ladies uh, you know, picked up a couple of pointers also and uh, maybe have some more insights into uh, some of the things that guys need to do. And maybe you can help enable the guys to be the best they could possibly be. Because as we say in Guys, Guys Radio, when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So this episode, this podcast will be up on iTunes tomorrow. You can listen to it later this evening if you want on uh, Blog Talk Radio, as with all of our Guys Guys Radio podcasts. Next week, we've actually got a really interesting guest, Barry Eaton. He's going to call in from Australia. He's got a book called Afterlife, and it's about um, past life regressions, and it's really interesting. So anyhow, thanks so much. Have a great week. And uh, remember, Guys Guys finish first.